0: The Kapow Radio Show Prophecy Watch. Now I'll always know what time it is. Does anybody really know what time it is?
1: to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, time to get, and a time to lose, time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time of war, and a time of peace.
2: This
3: guitar, a, no, I'm not here. I see you. <laughs> I see you.
2: You're hiding.
3: I'm not here.
2: You're not here. You sound I'm like no cool, here. Here. Living under the sun, part four. And we're going to hit chapter five and chapter six don't argue with me. When we get to chapter 6. Mr. Pan, okay. In verse 10, it will we will start moving from life under the sun without God to life above the sun with God in our discussions and then from Uh here on out after this week from here on out we will be dealing with life above the sun okay okay so we have been you know debbie downer and mr you know doom and gloom for a couple of weeks here because quolleth has kept us under the sun but that's all about change all right yeah okay are you ready mr back
3: uh, I am ready, I have been ready, and I'm still ready.
2: Ecclesiastes, Chapter 5. <whistles> do you have it in front of you, Or yes. do I have to read it? I have to read it. Because <laughs> Kulov's not in the studio today.
3: He's on vacation. Hey, I am ready, man. I am ready.
2: Wait, I have to cough. <clears throat> okay. Oh, great. It's a professional. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. Okay. Okay, let's get serious. Seriously, now. Because
3: today is um,
2: the day the Lord has made. We aug- shall no. rejoice and be glad in it.
3: August twenty eighth, twenty seventeen.
2: It used to be. Well, it still is for today. Kula says. <coughs> <laughs> oh my God! You know what? When you do that, it just blows them. It's on the <laughs> mic. It's all on the. That's why no one listens to us <laughs> because of your incessant coughing. <laughs> Whatever, cool. Heather. <laughs> you need some more cheese. Listen, Kula says in chapter 5, okay. keep thy foot. <laughs> when thou goest to the house of God and be more ready to hear, Miss Capel, than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they, the fools, consider not that they do evil. In
3: Proverbs 15.8 says, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. Yes, and then the Lord also said, "To take heed what ye hear, with what measure you meet, so shall it be measured to you and unto you that here shall more be given."
2: Uh oh, that's not good. It's almost better to be ignorant, but it's not. But there's some responsibility with that, right? Yeah. So Coeleth moves from the vanity connected with kings that we just you know discovered in chapter four. To the vanities which may be fallen into by serving God. Even by those who, convinced of the vanity of the creature, wish to worship the Creator. You dig it? Hmm. So when he says, keep thy foot, he means like in going to worship. Go with considerate, circumspect, reverent feeling. The illusion is to taking off the shoes or the sandals, right? Keep your feet. Be reverent. Okay? And be ready to hear. You know, have that desire to hear. I want to learn something from God today. To hear and to obey is a better sacrifice than the offering of fools.
3: Well, you know, you also think about faith, that faith cometh by hearing the word of God. Yes. So it's very important to hear hear what He is saying and
2: have that attitude. Proverbs one three says, to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how about Jeremiah? What does he say in 620? To what purpose cometh there to me incense from Sheba and the sweet cane from a far country? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifice is sweet unto me. God doesn't need all that stuff, right?
0: Mm -mm.
2: There's a lot of scriptures like that. Amos uh, 521, 24 says, Oh, this is a hard one. I hate, I despise your feast days and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies.
0: Mm.
2: So all this religious stuff under the sun, no good. All right. Mm -hmm. Keep your foot when you go to the house of God, be more ready to hear than to be foolish. Right. Man, and you can apply that today every day right exactly and so you know coldest has given that warning against mere ceremonial self-righteousness about obedience it's in the spirit of the law but will not stand instead of obedience to god's moral precepts you understand Mm -hmm. that um so don't be rash don't go to the house of God and be empty, emptiness. Anything else to add there, Miss Craig?
3: Proverbs ten nineteen says, In the multitude of words there wanteth no sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise.
2: And that goes right with verse 2. Mm-hmm. And Quidditch says in verse 2, Be not rash with thy mouth. Don't have a rash mouth. And let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou art on earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. Mm -hmm. See, that's like me, you know. I'm I'm not a big talker. Very few words. Very, you know, right? Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, right.
2: Uh, uh, A little lie there, right?
3: Well, I think even our listeners know that.
2: Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. So, (laughs) (laughs) Rash! As opposed to the considerate reverence in keeping thy foot mm-hmm. before the Lord, and it uh, it just illustrates that the fear of the Lord, reverence for the Lord is the remedy to these vanities, mm-hmm. this emptiness, because God is in heaven, so
3: it's kind of like what your our parents teach us um, be careful what you speak, yeah, you know, think before you say something.
2: Yes, consider your words wisely, especially when you're dealing with God, because God's in heaven, so He ought to be approached carefully
0: mm-hmm.
2: with you know thought out words, uh, because we're just nothing but you know these creatures on Earth. All right.
0: Hmm. Verse three. Hmm.
2: For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. Yeah.
3: So the more that someone talks, the more you can kind of gauge what's in his heart.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I have um, I have a name for like, guys like that. I meet that just want to just ramble on and talk and talk and talk. I call them cliffs, only because I used to have a neighbor named Cliff.
0: Oh yeah. And
2: he would come over and bother you at the most imprint, um opportune on, times. Mm-hmm. You know you trying to work outside or something.
3: Well, that not only that, remember as we were driving out of our driveway and we tell him we're late for an appointment, yeah, yeah,
2: and he just keeps talking, you know. And then you know, you can you see his nose hairs coming out of his nose, and you know, anyway, it's like a cliff, so don't be a cliff just talking about stuff. And Kwolof says, as much business. You know how how that engrosses the mind. It gives birth to incoherent dreams. You know, because you're always thinking about, oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to open a McDonald's. I'm going to be a millionaire. Oh, gonna, I, I got you know all these different dreams. It's like so many words that are uttered inconsiderately in prayer. They give birth and betray a full speech, right? And even even Jesus says, you know, don't be don't be like uh, these Pharisees with big long prayers and all this stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um,
3: so, oh, and then every idle word will be um, judged.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So don't be a fool. Don't have a fool's voice. Don't have a rash mouth. Mm-hmm. Any of that stuff. In verse four, it says, when thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, Proverbs twenty twenty five says, It is a snare to the man who devoureth that which is holy, and after vows to make inquiry. So you don't want to make a vow before you actually think about it. It's the same um, principle when Jesus says, you know, you put your hand to the plow and then you take it off because mm. you've realized, oh, I, I don't have what it takes to finish this. Because I've got this and this and this and that to do. You yeah. know what I
2: mean? Yeah. Better, better not to uh, even start it than to look back.
3: Mm-hmm. And Deuteronomy says, When thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it would be a sin
2: in thee. Mm-hmm. Is that Deuteronomy 23? 24, 21. Yeah. Because uh, twenty three, twenty one, and twenty three says, "When thou mm-hmm. vow a vow unto the Lord, thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. Mm. For the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it would be sin in thee."
0: Okay. Same
2: thing, yeah. Um, hasty words in prayer—that's how we do it today. I mean, you know, even without a temple system and vows made, you do it hasty words in prayer. You know, mm-hmm. you know those jailhouse uh, conversions. Hey,
0: yeah. Get me out of here, God! I promise. <laughs>
2: Yeah, in uh, Ecclesiastes 5, 2, and 3, it says, um, Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. Mm. For God is in heaven and thou upon earth, therefore let thy words be few. You know,
3: if you think about it, when we um, receive salvation, we are actually... Um, Agreeing to in a contract, we yes. are actually binding ourselves to a contract. So when we decide not to follow the Lord, or we start following other gods, or something takes us away from God, we actually breach our contract with God.
2: That's a really good point. And you do because you, yeah, you you do. You've enter, entered in a
3: contract with Him.
2: Yeah, you enter into a covenant relationship, and He doesn't break the covenant. Mm-mm. We do. Yeah, so it's very foolish. it's Very unwise. Uh, When we talk about, like, hasty vows and and things, and you and I talked about this before, this uh, story in um, Judges 11.35. And I'll just read uh, verse 35. It says, And it came to pass when he saw her that he rent his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me Mm -hmm. very low, and thou art one of them that trouble me. For I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. Yeah. And and that's the story Mm -hmm. where he made a vow to God.
3: And you know, I never understood that story because God had already told him that he was going to be victorious. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why he went ahead and and made a vow. Yeah. Anyway,
2: that uh, he would sacrifice, right? The first thing that he saw coming out of his house. Mm -hmm. So when he got back from a victorious battle, the first thing that came out of his house was his daughter. Wow. Yeah. Hasty, hasty, hasty mouth. uh, First Samuel. 1 Samuel, and the men of Israel, 1 Samuel 24, by the way, I'm sorry, 1 Samuel 14, 24. And the men of Israel were distressed that day, for Saul had adjured the people, saying, Cursed be the man that eateth any food until evening, Mm. that I may be avenged on my enemies. So none of the people tasted any food, (laughs) because they didn't want to be cursed. Mm -hmm. Come on, dude. Verse five, better is it that thou shouldest not vow than thou shouldest vow and not pay. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -mm.
2: Verse six, suffer not thy mouth to suffer thy flesh to sin. I like that. Suffer not thy mouth. Neither say thou before the angel. You remember that word is malach. It's a, a deputy, a messenger specifically of God. It could be an angel like, you know, angelic being. It also could be a prophet, a priest, a teacher, an ambassador, right? A mm-hmm. king, a messenger. It says, neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Hmm. What angel is he talking about? Probably the one that is scribing all your words. Are you Are going to be accounted? Every word you say, every idle word we say, we're going to be accounted for.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Yep. Idle, 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 idle. There's three right there. I know I'm being stupid, but
0: <laughs> I, I,
2: I, I am probably going to say, you said idol three times. Neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Like, oh, I didn't know. I messed up. Wherefore, should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thy hands? Mm. So in other words, don't make these vows hastily. Um, the messenger of God could be that angel. It could be uh, the minister. It could be the priest before whom a breach or a vow was to be confessed. You know? Yeah. We vow in the presence of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. who's the angel of our covenant. Uh, there's ministering angels who witness that. Mm-hmm. Right? right. There's scribing angels. You got to be really careful. Think about that. Such a, 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 a big cloud of witnesses. Verse 7, for in the multitude of dreams and many words, there are also divers, vanities, but fear thou God. Mm -hmm. The difference in multitude of dreams and in many words, there's just a lot of emptiness. So God's service, which ought to be our chief good becomes by dreams, foolish fancies as of God's requirements of us in worship. Right. Got to do this. We got to do that. How about church? How about church order? Mm-hmm. You know, you always got to do it this way. It's written down. You greet the people. You say hello. Uh, you start singing a few songs. You do, th- what, three songs for 30 minutes? Mm-hmm. That's your program. And then you break. And then you do announcements. Baptize a baby or something. And then you do some more songs. And then you take up the offering. And then you give the message for only 20 minutes. You know. Mm-hmm. And then you break and then you have coffee and donuts. It's foolish. The thing, well that's the way god requires church order mm-hmm. church worship and we have to sing these songs we have to do this and these random words you know are just uh, they're they're like there's just emptiness
0: right
2: so whatever a fool does whatever we do it's it's you you have to fear god
3: yeah and right. really think about what you're saying cuz i was thinking about those vows again um uh who did you just talk about the the one that made the oh Saul yeah you know when he said that the one that ate the honey was his son jonathan
0: oh
3: remember and yes. then um you know he had to kill Jonathan, you yes. know, and it was the people that that said, "Oh, don't kill him because he was the one that gave us strength when he said, "Go ahead and eat the, the honey," but he was the very first one yes. that actually put the honey to his mouth and then just a few days ago when you had the uh, the dream or the you know the uh you were given that scripture in exodus um twenty two eighteen yes and uh about you know seeing the numbers yes. thirty three eleven and you had said something about, you know, whoever shows me that, whoever wakes me and shows me the numbers, yeah. um, I'm going to curse that person. And it was by the grace of God that I didn't wake you when I happened to see, yeah what was it, 1133 or something like that? Yeah. I saw some number, and I was going to wake you up, and then something told me not to. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, you want to be careful about the kind of vows you make. And like yeah. that um, that man that, you know, told the Lord if, if you do give me the victory and God had already told him you're going to be victorious in this battle mm-hmm. but he made that vow anyway and said I'll give you whatever comes the first thing that comes out of my house and then he had to uh, sacrifice his daughter
2: yeah yeah. So, so be
3: really careful yeah. about what you uh, say
2: what you say and, and you know the rashness of it and everything like that yeah because yeah. like in, in our situation everything it, that would have been You know, if nothing else, it just would have been a bad deal. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, man, you know, why'd you wake me up? You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not expecting you to wake me up or a real human. I'm expecting witchcraft or, Mm -hmm. you know, demonic entities and that kind of thing.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Yet I'm using that that scripture. So, yeah, just got to think those things out. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, you're right. Verse 8. If thou seest the oppression of the poor... And violent perverting of judgment and justice in a province, marvel not at the matter. For he that is higher than the highest regardeth, and there be higher than they. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is huge huge for me, because do you see oppression of the poor? Mm
3: -hmm. Yes.
2: In your province, in your state, in your country, in your city? Do you see oppression of the poor? Yep. Heck, yeah. Do you pay taxes in the yep. United States? Do you pay taxes? Do you have like uh, 35% of your income taken out
0: mm-hmm. before
2: it's even on your paycheck? And you're taxed at the gas station. You're taxed at, uh, you know, the grocery store. Well, I'm not. I'm in Nevada. Um, well, the other day, we registered one of our cars. Oh. And I was telling Ms. Capel, I was like, "This is this is hilarious. We registered one of our cars. And I said, "Guess how much the actual registration fee is?" And the actual registration fee of the car was thirty three dollars.
0: Thirty three. Thirty three
2: dollars. And guess how much the Clark County, Nevada, government taxes were on that car? Not thirty three. Three hundred and fifty <laughs> some odd dollars. And yeah. then there's another line that says supplemental. Clark County government taxes for another seventy the total being just under four hundred dollars
0: to register not... your
2: car, wow. but the actual registration is only thirty three dollars
0: mm-hmm.
2: okay, so you see the oppression of the poor and violent perverting of judgment you see that you ever see rich people in prison no and justice in a province violent perverting of judgment and justice in a well, Quolus says, don't marvel at the matter. Don't don't just go, what? I don't get it. I don't understand it. He says, for he that is higher, talk about God, than the highest. God is higher than any of these people. Re- does regard it. And uh, just be aware that there is someone higher than they.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they have to answer to a boss, and that boss has to answer to somebody, and yada,
2: yeah. yada, yada. So basically it says, like, um, you know, and it's difficult to see that. But, you know, what you see is, it's like the the dispensations of God's will, how he operates. You know, there's going to be, as we always talk about, there is a coming judgment.
0: Uh-huh.
2: There's going to be a judgment at last. Whether these people get whacked now and judged now or whacked later, there is a coming judgment. And, um, and it, sometimes it's hard to, um, you know, watch that stuff without going, oh, how do they get away with all this yeah. stuff? You know, you know in Daniel seven eighteen, 18 says, but the saints of the most high shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're looking forward to because God is higher. He's higher than any kings of the earth. Anybody who's oppressing, anything like that—that's right. Call right? continues, verse nine. Moreover, the profit of the earth is for all. It should be right. Mm-hmm. The king himself is served by the field. It, you know, we we all have a right to breathe the air, drink the water, eat the food, right? That's right. More of the profit of the earth is for all. It doesn't seem like that though. Are you charged for your water? Yeah, you're charged. You know, you're charged for your. If, yeah, you know, you're not growing it yourself. Well, you know, we can talk about that all day long. For he that loveth silver, loveth, say,
0: mm-hmm. loveth.
2: He that loves silver shall not be satisfied with what? Silver. Yeah. He's not going to do it. Nor he that loves abundance. He's <laughs> not going to be satisfied with. Increase. Mm-mm. This is also vanity.
3: And Proverbs twenty eight twenty two says, "He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him."
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. There's no satisfaction in that. You, there's no satisfaction here on that. You you have that you love it. You just you just covet. They want more and more. Living under the sun like that. That's just common.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And we know people like that. We know we know people like that. They just they're never satisfied with what they have. That they just got to keep doing more and more, just like a hamster on a wheel. They just keep doing more and more. They just they could never just go. This is good.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm satisfied with this.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm happy with this. Uh, no, I got to change this. Got to change that. Got to buy this. Buy that. Uh, let's see. Let's go to verse eleven. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. That's a good one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. Is, is that true? I think I talked about this last week or the week before about all the stuff we used to have, you know, in our thirties. You know, uh, being you know dinks, dual income, no kids, and it was all about making you know money and owning this and owning that. And uh, it took me a, a while to realize the more stuff you have, the more you have to maintain it, the more you have to protect it, the mm-hmm. more you have to insure it, the more you have to register it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, I was just talking about our car registration. we got a very simple, you know, small little Ford car. And I was telling Ms. Capow can you imagine what, what the, the fees are, the registration fees, if you had an $80,000 Cadillac or something? Yeah. My goodness. You know, that's nice. But for getting around here and just tooling around, hey, my little Ford's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically, but when you, know, when you increase the goods, you get a bigger house. Well, guess what else increases? Your taxes, your heating bill, your water bill, you know, all sure. that stuff. So there's a lot of wisdom in this. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And he goes, and what good... Is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes?
3: Yeah, Psalm 62 10 says, Trust not in the oppression and become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart
2: upon them. Mm. Because it, it, we talked about this when, in, last week in chapter 4. Remember about the oppressor eating his own flesh?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like in a. Ecclesiastic chapter four one says, "So I returned and considered all the oppressions that are done under the sun, and behold the tears of such as were oppressed, and they had no comforter, and on the side of their oppressors, there was no power, but they had no comforter and then the and in verse five it says, The fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh
0: mm-hmm.
3: and Jesus even said that life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment." And Mm. he said, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God?
2: Amen. And so there's a lot to it. So when Jesus was saying these things, this is ancient wisdom that was given to Solomon to write this stuff down. Wisdom directly from God. Mm -hmm. Um, Stuff that would behoove all of us to, to take into consideration the life under the sun and then the life above the sun. I think you could get that down things would be a lot easier.
0: Yeah, that's true. Would they not? Mhm.
2: And and as I point my finger at you I got four pointing back at at me. Believe me. So they that eat them it's the rich man's dependence and all of these other stuff I was talking about. Yeah. Uh there is an anxiety sometimes to these these riches and having a lot of things. In verse 12, he says, the sleep of a laboring man is sweet. You know, you work hard for a living. You work hard and you're doing the best you can. And uh, you go you go home and uh, you, you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, whether he eats a lot or just very little. But the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep.
3: Yep, because there is no peace for the wicked, saith the Lord.
2: My goodness, but my then, goodness! But
3: then, those that trust the Lord, Psalm four eight says, "I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for Thou, O Lord, only um, shall help me to dwell in safety."
2: Wow! It's the wisdom. It's it's contained out throughout the whole Bible, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, everywhere—Psalms, New Testament. It's just this is like this is like truth. Mm-hmm. this is this is like the law of gravity it's just truth it's just here the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep uh he, he, he can't he's he's there's fears that go along with the wealth um also overloaded stomach right he mm, just yeah. eat too much without laboring without working it off he can't go to sleep too much to worry about uh, all, all the all the people out there, all the tax man and all the people out there, maybe your kids, <laughs> trying to take your stuff. Yep. You know, you're building your kids out all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's miserable. Verse 13, there's a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely riches, kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. Mm-hmm. But the, verse 14, but those riches perish by evil travail, and he begetteth a son, and there is nothing in his hand. Verse 15, as he came forth of his mother's womb naked, shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. Verse 16, and this also is a sore evil, that in all points as he came, so shall he go, and what profit hath he that hath labored for the wind?
3: Psalm 49 17 says, For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away, for his glory shall not discord after him.
2: No. Nothing. Naked you come in.
3: And naked you will go.
2: Yep. And the thing is, is that if if this oppressor this rich oppressor if the, if his wealth provokes enemies and robbers and the tax ban or whatever then after after having kept it for you know for so long and then he has a son to, to leave it to he loses all his fortune before you know and that's emptiness and the son is born to inherit poverty
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know Even supposing that the loss is um, not his wealth before death, then at least he must go stripped of it all when he dies.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Verse 16, I'm sorry, verse 17. And his days also he eateth in darkness, and he hath much sorrow and wrath with his sickness. Mm -hmm. Sickness. Uh, Hebrew is malady, anxiety, calamity, disease, grief.
3: Yeah, it's almost like the more you have, the more you worry about keeping what you have. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like uh, the celebrities, you know, when they they, um, reach such fame and uh, fortune and celebrityism (laughs) that, you know, it takes a lot more to keep themselves there.
2: And the thing is, is, too, um, even these tech guys like uh, Elon Musk wants mm-hmm. to live forever, mm-hmm. trying to go to Mars, trying to recolonize things. They don't want to die. Yeah. They're worried about it. They, You think he's sleeping at night? Uh-uh. All his days are in darkness. A lot of sorrow and wrath with sickness, with anxiety. I mm-hmm. got all this money, billions of dollars, and I can't take a dime with me. You know, how do I live forever? How do I get my head in a computer? I always think of, of Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's, here's this guy. I mean, the super talented guy. About to go on another world tour and everything. He can't sleep. Mm-hmm. And with all his money and all his fame and all his fortunes and access to the best medical, quote unquote, care you could buy,
0: mm-hmm.
2: he couldn't sleep. Yeah. He couldn't sleep. Man. You can't, you can't buy that. And there's nothing you can do about it. Mm -mm. Nothing. Verse 18, behold that, which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life, which God gives him for it is his portion. So when Mm -hmm. God gives you your, your wealth or when God gives you your money or when God gives you these things, you enjoy it
0: because
3: mm-hmm. you have a proper perspective on these things.
2: Yes, and you eat and drink and enjoy the good labor that God has given you.
3: You know right. another thing too with all this. You know when you the things that you have, whether it's a lot or not a lot, the difference between people that are not satisfied versus those that are, the ones that are satisfied are always thankful yeah for what they have you know what i mean and they're willing to share and um but those that are not i find that they're um they always grumble and complain and they only see the negative of things they're ne- they're never thankful
2: mm. you and know I, that's a, a really uh strong point there
3: mm-hmm.
0: because
2: it is the the attitude does come out mm-hmm. you know when you're uh, when you're thankful for what god has given you right You know, the other thing I want to point out in this verse 18 is that it shows that the riches that God gives is good. So he's not coming out and saying that all wealthy or all rich people are bad. Mm -mm. It's when the wealth is gained by oppression, by oppression or oppressing other people. You're the oppressor. Uh, Evil gain. You know, uh, we all know. Those people, we all know those corporations, those companies, uh, that's all about money and profit, you know, not about the good of anybody. Mm-mm. He's not talking about God-given wealth, uh, which God gives. And that's good. And that's good labor. And so if God makes that gift, then you should enjoy that. That's right. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're living under the sun, but you've got God's riches, God's blessings. Verse 19, every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth. See, God gives it. And hath given him power to eat. See, God gives the power to enjoy it and to eat it. Mm -hmm. And not be sick in your stomach. And to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. Amen. And you can see, you can see Colossus here starting to change a little bit. He's starting to give glimpses of life. Above the sun mm-hmm. instead of just under the sun. You dig it? Mm-hmm. You dig it, man? I dig it. Um, so, just like verse 18 refers to the laboring man, 19 to the rich man who gets wealth not by oppression mm-hmm. but by God's gift. He's distinguished also from the rich man
0: mm-hmm.
2: in having received by God's gift not only wealth but also the power to eat. And I would add the power to sleep and rest at
0: night,
3: right? Okay. And enjoy family, and you know, yeah, enjoy the things that you have. And, you know, not too long ago we did a show, and I don't remember what it was, but um, I mean the, the the title of it, but it had something to do with what we're teaching on Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. about when you work under the sun, your your labor really has no value. Yeah. But when you become a Christ follower, through Christ, everything changes. Now, everything that you do, whether you sleep, you eat, you work, whether you die, live or die, everything now has value because of Christ, because you will be judged according to your good works. So now everything that you do, you do as unto the Lord. So he's the one that rewards you.
2: Yeah, that, that whole value thing, it adds mm-hmm there's a different value now mm-hmm. yeah and all that you do and that's that is really uh, I mean that is really a lesson in itself
3: yeah I mean you don't even have to to work for money or when you do volunteer work it doesn't have to be for monetary gain it could just be as unto the Lord to make somebody's uh, life a little easier mm-hmm. you know any, or any kind of little kindness whether you give water or um, food to somebody you know it has eternal um, weight to it now
2: yeah yeah just because it's in your heart that 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 the character of god just shines out mm-hmm. and it just you know you're just you're different the kindness is different right that has value
0: mm-hmm.
2: that has value it's the same thing with your wealth you know giving your money or right
3: you don't feel like you have to hoard it now
2: Mm-mm. You Yeah, can you can actually share it. it yeah yeah you can release it and that's what it means and it says um you know, that God has given that person power to eat through and to take his portion
0: mm-hmm.
2: and to rejoice. You know, it limits that person to the lawful, lawful use of wealth. You know? Mm-hmm. And you can, you can give. You can give while enjoying your portion.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, uh, It's almost the opposite lesson of what you would get in a prosperity gospel. The yeah. prosperity gospel is basically a casino mentality.
3: Yeah. And the money you give, you give to the, the, those that casino. <laughs>
2: yeah. Which is the church casino, Hoping that you're going to get lucky enough to, to get those godly triple sevens, you know, and get it paid off, you know, because you gave so much tithe to, you know, this preacher, you know, God's going to uh, ensure your safety and your health and all that stuff. And it's not insurance. Mm -mm. It's assurance, not insurance. That's right. Big difference. Verse 20, for he shall not much remember the days of his life, because God answereth him in the joy of his heart. Mm. What does that mean? That means you don't live in the past. How many people do you know just constantly living in the past? Mm -hmm. I used to. I used to be. I used to coulda, woulda, shoulda. Back in the day. but Constantly. But... The the person that's blessed by God, his wealth is given by God and he, and God gives him the ability to enjoy and eat his portion mm-hmm. and give him sleep and rest. He doesn't remember a whole lot of the days of his life. You know why? Because he's always living in the moment, the present. Right. Mm-hmm. But it also t- uh, shows me too, what the
3: scripture is, you know, how you, you do something for somebody and then you want to get paid back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know.
3: I don't like that.
2: Yeah. But well, there's, with God there's, you don't have to. There's always a catch. Mm-hmm. There's always a catch with some people. Yeah. So the whole thing Holith is, is talking about here, he's starting to peek out a little bit. He's starting to take us yes. from life under the sun and kinda and letting us peek to what life above the sun's about. hmm And um, you know, he's saying that this person here that God is is giving him the gift to enjoy his life. He doesn't look back with disappointment on his mm-hmm. life. He doesn't look back and go, "Gosh, you know, I'm so, you know, if I had to do that all over, I would have never." He's not disappointed,
0: Mm-mm.
2: you know. And he and he, God answers his prayers, mm-hmm. giving him power to enjoy his blessings, you know. Amen. God occupies him with joy, so he doesn't have time to think about the shortness and sorrows of life. He just, you know. He's got a thankful heart.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's a huge when it you're is. living in this hellhole. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean
2: this, this false matrix created by reptilians. These are huge tools. Mm-hmm. These are huge tools. Uh, let's take a commercial break, Miss Kapow, and then we will move on to Chapter 6. All
1: right. Okay. Hello, this is Professor Lamsrath from the Institute of Prophetic Studies in Southern California. Are you tired of going to church? Yet getting nothing from it? Do you feel good on Sunday but defeated by Monday? Does your church fail to equip you with the necessary tools to live out your Christianity? And does your church leave you powerless? Have you ever wondered why? Well, you are not alone. I strongly suggest you read Eyes to See Unseen Enemies by Paul and Linda Villanueva. This book examines and explains the problems with so many of today's churches and ministries. You will learn about the false spirits invading churches and the occult practices that have crept into the house of God. More importantly, you will get the tools needed to protect yourself and the ones you love. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies is available at all online digital book retailers such as Amazon, iBooks, and Barnes & Noble. Go to fifthhookmedia.com, F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-M-E-D-I-A.com. For further information, this is Professor Lambsrath, and I am making Eyes to See Unseen Enemies required reading in all of my courses. So I'll see you in class.
2: I'll see you in class, Miss Bath.
3: See you in class.
2: Eyes to See Unseen Enemies. If you have not read our book, you can get it on Amazon. Paperback, ebook. It's there. It's very cool, kind of stuff gives you eyes to see stuff around you that uh, huh, something just ain't right in your religion. Chapter six, Ecclesiastes chapter six. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun and it is common among men. Mm. Verse two, a man to whom God hath given riches, wealth and honor so that he wants nothing for his soul of all that he desires, yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof, but a stranger eats it. This is vanity. It's an evil disease.
3: You know, Proverbs 5 says, remove thy way from the strange woman, lest strangers be filled with thy wealth and thy labors be in the house of a stranger.
2: Wow. Wow. Isn't that the truth? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are people who work and work and work and do all this stuff, but God hasn't given them enjoyment and then something else eats their labor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These are the people who get their wealth through oppression. Oppression. It's distinguished from people who get their wealth from God. Yeah. So the stranger... Uh, could be anything. It's somebody that's hostile to him. could even be his kids. You never know. Yeah. It seems that he has power to do as he wants with his wealth, but there's an unseen power that gives him up to his own, you know, wrath. hmm Yeah. So he just basically toils for a stranger. He just works. Just works and works and gives his money away. Mm-hmm. It's vanity. It has no purpose. It's a driftless existence of him who makes getting rich the chief good. See, that's the key. The chief good. Mm. You don't fear God. It's not number one. Number one is riches, wealth. Mm. Wow. He says it's vanity. It's an evil disease. Verse 3, if a man beget a hundred children... And he lives many years, so that the days of his years should be many, and his soul be not filled with good, Mm. and also that he have no burial. I say that an untimely birth is better than he. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's better that he died at birth.
3: You know, um, Jesus had said that about Judas who was the son of perdition and a man of sin and Jesus says woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed um, good if it gave it if he had never been born good were it if he had never been born
2: yeah and you take that story and yeah he betrayed Christ but he also betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver
0: mm-hmm.
2: he made wealth silver his chief gain mm-hmm. and his chief good, not God-made flesh. That's crazy. That's crazy stuff. Yeah.
3: And it's the same thing. Had people um, reject Christ and the the gospel, it would have been better for them never to have been born.
0: Yeah.
2: It it doesn't do you any good. It's all emptiness and all vanity. Doesn't do you any good. Have a bunch of kids, have a bunch of rel- wealth, but there's no good in your life. It's like um, you weren't even buried. You know, that was a big deal in that day, mm-hmm. a proper burial. It was better if you weren't even born. Wow. No purpose. There's just darkness. <sighs> wow. Okay. Verse 4. For he cometh in with vanity in birth, right? For he cometh mm-hmm. in this world, this matrix in emptiness and departs in darkness and his name shall be covered with darkness. Mm. Wow. Verse five, moreover, he has not seen the sun nor known anything. This has more rest than the other. So he's still saying it's better that the guy was never born. Because he's born in darkness and then he departs in darkness and he never sees the evil that's under the sun in this serpentilian matrix.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. It's better. But that's not us, folks. We're here. We're born and we see it. So the best we can do is follow the wisdom. That's the best. Mm -hmm. Verse 5 says, Moreover, he hath not seen the sun nor known anything this hath more rest than the other. Oh, I read that. I'm sorry. Verse 6. Yea, though he live a thousand years, twice told, yet hath he seen no good. Do not all go to one place. So it doesn't matter, Elon Musk, if you want to put your your, your brain in a computer mm-hmm. or cryogenically freeze your head. <laughs> and... Uh, you know and that you, you live it up on Mars for two thousand years. If there's no good to be seen, it doesn't matter because eventually you're going to end up in the same place. Yep. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> wow, Coleth, he doesn't pull any punches, does he? Nope. Yeah. It, uh, it. You don't rise above the person who wasn't ever born. Yeah. you got to go to the same place.
3: Mm-hmm. And your wealth and whatever else, your smarts, isn't going to make a difference.
2: Mm-mm. Verse 7, all the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. Mm. And this goes a lot with the, the loving of silver, and you still want more silver. Right. All the labor of the man... Is for his mouth, and yet his appetite is not filled.
3: So that tells me there's no contentment, and you're always wanting. So you're always void of something. Something's some things, you're just never content. Whereas in Christ we are content, and He's our Shepherd, and because of Him we shall not want.
2: And you know, and that contentment is a gift. Oh yeah, that's not something you could just whip on and whip off.
3: No, that's definitely from the
2: Lord. Yeah. You can't study Zen meditation or become a Buddhist and and do the eight paths of Buddhism and g- gain contentment. You could practice a Buddhist religion, you could pretend, but you're ne- you won't be content because even in Buddhism or even in Zen meditation, even in all that stuff, you're not content with the level you're at. You have to seek more. You have to become more spiritual, more knowledgeable. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: more Zen-like. It's it's a never-ending struggle for that. It's a gift from God, and if you don't have that gift, you're basically screwed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There's only one way to get it, and that's that's what Koalith is saying. You have to start off with the fear of the Lord. Yep. Um. So here's here's this person that's just all the labor for this for the man is all for selfish gratification when you're living under the sun. Your appetite, the appetite's never filled. The soul, like you said, the soul is just, it's insatiable. It has this insatiable desire. And uh, you just keep going and going, but there's no good. There's no good that comes out of that wealth. That's right. Verse eight says, For what hath the wise more than the fool? What has the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? Hmm. That is to use and enjoy life the right way. A cheerful, thankful, godly walk is what's important. That's the advantage. That is the superiority above him who knows not how to walk uprightly.
0: Mm-hmm. You dig it? Mm-hmm.
2: For what hath the wise more than the fool? See, that's it. Psalm 116.9 says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living.
0: Mm. Yep.
2: this says, For what hath the wise more than the fool? What hath the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? Psalm says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Mm -hmm. There it is. It answers that. Psalms 16:9 answers Ecclesiastes 6:8. That's the advantage. All right.
0: mm-hmm.
2: Verse 9, "Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire." This is also vanity and vexation of spirit.
3: Yep, the eyes of the flesh. Mm-hmm.
2: And it answers that question in verse 8. For what hath the wise more than the fool? What hath the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? This is the answer. Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. A wise man has goodly, godly enjoyment of present-seen things. The fool is wandering, literally walking. Uh, Wandering around of the desire. It's a vague, insatiable desire for what he has not. That's misery. That's misery. Psalm 73, 9 says, They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth.
0: Hmm. (laughs) Wow.
2: It's kind of like a serpent. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. Who sets your mouth against the heavens? And your tongue walks through the earth.
0: Hmm.
2: Wow. And of course, Ecclesiastes 6, 7, All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. Same mm-hmm. thing. Hebrews thirteen five: Let your conversation be without covetousness, mm-hmm. and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said... I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. Oh, there's some lessons here. Are you yeah. seeing some lessons, Miss Capone?
3: Mm-hmm. Luke 12 says, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in abundance of things which he possesses. And covetousness is idolatry. Ooh. 1 Timothy says, Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and it is... Um, Something we can oh and and we cannot carry nothing out, and having food and raiment, let us be therefore content. But they that will be rich, fulfill, fall into the temptation and a snare, and with many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition.
2: Sounds like James. Sounds like these guys knew the wisdom of Koalith here,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that. They're writing a commentary on it. They're doing what we're doing. We're commenting via a podcast on this ancient wisdom, wisdom from God. Mm -hmm. They're writing their commentary 2,000 years ago. And warning us how to live under the sun. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, this is verse 10. And now we get to verse 10. And this begins like the second part Of Ecclesiastes, because now, now, since man's toils are vain, what is the chief good? That's the question proposed in Ecclesiastes 6.12. Mm -hmm. And the answer is contained in the rest of the book. All right. So from the rest of the book, from this point on, we're going to start looking above the sun all right. Mm-hmm. So verse 10 says, that which hath been is named already. And it is known that it is man, that word is Adam, mm-hmm. Adam. It means ruddy or red, a human being, a, a species of mankind, Adam, Adam. That which hath been is named. Already, and it is known that it is man, neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he. Mm. What does that mean? That which hath been all the various circumstances has already been named, it's already been existed. Okay, and it's received its just name. What is that? Adam, what is Adam? Dust, red dust, it's vanity, it's emptiness. A long time ago, it received its name, emptiness. It's man. The Hebrew Adam is equivalent to man of red dust. Hmm. And his creator appropriately named him from his frailty. So can red dust contend with him that is mightier than he? Nope. No. There is a wealth of information right here in verse 10. That which hath been has been named already. All the emptiness we've already known. And that emptiness is called Adam. It's you, my friends. It's me. It's Miss Kapow. We can't contend with him that's mightier than us. We're nothing but red dust. We ourselves are vanity and emptiness. Hmm. In verse 11, it says, Seeing there be many things that increase vanity, what is man the better? Okay. Hmm. We can escape from the vanity, which is God's mighty will, it's inherent in earthly things. We can't call in question God's wisdom in these things. We can't contend with it. Mm-mm. Man is not the better. Because
3: God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts.
2: Exactly. These are vain things in regards to the chief good. It's, it's We're not better.
0: Mm-mm.
2: And then the last verse in chapter 6, the very last verse, verse 12 says, For who knoweth what is good for man in this life? All the days of his vain life, which he spends as a shadow. Mm. Who knows? For who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? My goodness. And those, those words, man, are all a dumb. For who knoweth what is good for the red dust in this life? For all his days of his life, Vain life, empty life, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) His unsatisfactory, figuratively uh, life, his transitory life, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which he spends as a shadow, a shade, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. He's nothing. Who can tell a red dust what she will be after him under the sun? The ungodly know not what is really good during this life. Yeah, When you live under the sun and you're ungodly, you don't know what's good. They also don't know what's after them. That's why you have people who who insist that they're atheists or, you know, annihilists. They don't know. They can't be assured of anything. Right? That's right. They have no idea what will be the event of their undertaking, Mm -hmm. right? The godly now might be tempted to contend with God as to his judgments, his dispensations, but they can't fully know the wise purposes served by God's judgments either now or hereafter. It's like you said, Skippow. His Mm -hmm. ways are not our ways. That's right. The sovereignty of God. We can't lose that. He's sovereign. And the sufferings from the oppressors are more really sometimes good than cloudless prosperity. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Because you get cloudless prosperity, man. I mean, you're just empty. But sometimes you live under those oppressors, man. You learn stuff. And sinners are being allowed to fill up their measure of guilt.
0: Mm.
2: I mean, it's you may not see them dropping like flies around you, but they are being allowed to fill up their measure of guilt. And retribution in part vindicates God's ways even now. And the judgment shall make it clear. In Ecclesiastes 7, Ecclesiastes 7, 1 through 29, it says, um A good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death than the day of one's birth.
0: Yep. Amen. Uh, Verse 29
2: says, Lo, this only have I found that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. Mm. So what he says there is he states what is good in answer to. To this verse, for who knoweth what is good? Well, a good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death and the day of one's birth. See, it's not, it's how you finish the race that matters, right? Mm-hmm. You can celebrate your birthday all you want, but it's who you are on your death day that really matters. That's right. <laughs> right? And he answers that question, who knoweth what is good for man in this life, all the days of his vain life? Mm-hmm. He says, lo, this have I found that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. Mm. We screw it up. All right. So from this point on, chapter 7 on to the end of Ecclesiastes, we will be talking about life above the sun. Amen. All right. And how to live above the sun. Now that we've explored and examined the how, vanity and the darker part of it.
3: Yes. How empty it is to live under the sun.
2: That's right. So, can we say goodnight?
3: Ciao, babies.
2: Good night.